Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Hey, League of Wildness, Wildman Dan here, and welcome to the Live Wild or Die podcast. This episode is going to be myself and Wild Kim of the North, and we've been we've gotten into this really fun routine, this fun rhythm where we'll kind of send each other questions, a handful, like five or six questions the night or a few days before we get on the mic, and we'll have some time to kind of marinate on them, kind of reflect a little bit, and then it's really fun to dive into the conversation. And oftentimes Kim and I will be having a call and it's, you know, to talk about the business side of wild gym, but we'll end up having this awesome conversation about health, fitness, mindset, all these different things. And I'm always like, ah, I wish we would have recorded that. So these are super fun for me and I hope you guys enjoy as well. And on that note, if you are enjoying the live wild or die podcast, we'd be eternally grateful if you would, Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends, share it with family. Help us grow the League of Wildness. And on that note, here we go. So many habits are just so ingrained that we don't even like question them, you know? And I think a lot of that is true for like like movement habits and eating habits because like one of the things I so often see just in reading and stuff, it's like if, if there's a family where the parents are like really overweight and then the kids are really overweight when they're really young, you know, they're like, well, it's just genetics, but they don't link the fact that they're feeding their kids the same stuff that they've been eating, which is what their parents fed them, you know? And it's like people don't even really pay attention to that, you know, that kind of, like link to stuff until they get in really bad shape, you know, in terms of their health and stuff. So it just, you know, like I grew up like kind of, you know, it's kind of the, what is it? X-Files where they tell you to like question everything. Like I grew up that way. Like my, <laughs> like my parents are always really curious. And so we always like explored and asked questions. And so it was just kind of natural for me to be like, oh, you know, I grew up with this, but maybe this isn't a good habit to keep. But I think a lot of people just end up thinking that like the way that their families did things is like gospel and they have to keep doing it that way without thinking about whether it's still a good fit. And it's, you know, those, those long-term habits are like, you you have to even realize that you're doing it out of habit to be able to have a chance to break it. Right. Right. Well, it's kind of like the, the living, the examined life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that quote. And so just, just to give some context. So, Kim had sent me an email where she had coined this term habit energy. And I was rereading the email. It's a really good email, by the way, Kim. <laughs> and uh, I just really like that term habit energy. I've never heard it before. You make it. I want to answer one of the questions you'd sent me sure. real quick. So Kim had sent me uh, some topics for our discussion today. And the f- number four, actually, so we're going a little bit out of order. She says, do you talk to your kids about fitness and nutrition or do you mostly set an example? So your uh, previous statement kind of made me think about this and I've been marinating on a little bit as well, but basically what I, cause I, I three point, what is it? 3.2 out, 3.28 workouts a day is yeah. the average. <laughs> uh so they see, they see me work out a lot and mm-hmm. actually behind Kim can see behind me here, but I've got the dash on the wall and pocket monkey, monkey 360. So oftentimes 
you know, if I'm doing a very computer desk heavy day, which is unfortunately most days now, I'll usually cap the day off with quick, you know, 10, 20 minute workout up here and the girls will come up. It's maybe four thirty, five in the afternoon. So they'll come up and they'll do burpees or push-ups or kind of hang on the pocket monkey in between sets and reps and things like that. So I try, I try to make it appear fun. Like I try to make it interesting and fun versus like, you need to do this because whatever reason you need to do it. Um, with nutrition. Well, and I do tell my older daughter, I tell her this will make your leg strong to play hockey. Cause she really likes, she wants sure. to play ice hockey. But most of the time it's like, I think having that more playful approach, the reality is through their kids. Like they don't, they don't really need to work out. They just need to play. That is working. Yeah. Yep. And with nutrition, it's like, I, I'd say it's my wife and I in general, it's the same approach as we talk, what you and I talk about Kim in the, in regards to nutrition for adults, it's like, it starts at the store. Like mm -hmm. we just don't keep a lot of junk in the house. If we go to a birthday party, if it's someone's birthday, if it's Halloween, yeah, they get candy. It's not a problem, but most mm -hmm. of the time it's not even, there's not even access to that, you know? Yeah. Which. So you Kim, what I, what spurred my thought, what I loved was in, I'm looking at that same email you'd sent when you'd responded to my, where did the time go mm -hmm. article? And it was basically, I said, how do you take responsibility for your own health? And you said your number one answer was to be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Any additional context to that? It was a couple of your questions that you had had actually dealt with it. It's kind of funny how often this has actually come into my awareness, like in the past several weeks. Sure. Um, I think that, and I, I don't think people, most people in like consciously intentionally lie to themselves. It's just that I think we have a really hard time actually being accurate when we look back on what we've done with our time what our workouts have looked like, what our nutrition has looked like. Like, I think we just have super bad short-term memory when it comes to something that we're not specifically focused on. You know, it's like, because we do so much stuff kind of mindlessly, we don't even think about it. Like how many people remember what they had for breakfast two days ago? You know, right. so when you're starting to look at, well, what, what patterns over 10 years brought me to where I am now? Like, how do you even look back on what that looks like? Like I was reading, I've been reading Kelly and Juliet Starrett's new book. Um, and in it, he talks about a lady who was an athlete and she, I think she wasn't recovering from surgery well, and they couldn't figure out why. And it, he said, well, what are you eating? And he had her track it. And she, she thought she was doing really well on eating, you know, eating lots of fruits and vegetables and whole foods. And she was like way low on everything when she actually tracked it. Oh, wow. So, like, like it wasn't that she was consciously lying to herself she just thought she was doing better than she was like she was eating less than a hundred grams in weight a day in fruits and vegetables and oh, that, wow. that's like that's like an apple right. you know that, that's that's not a lot so when they finally got her to focus on protein and then weigh out to eat 
fruits and vegetables, like her healing picked up right away. Right. That's inner. And was she eating like what you would consider kind of like a clean, healthy diet? For, for, from what I could tell from the context okay. of the book, it's not like she was someone who was like eating a ton of junk food. Like she was an athlete who was one of his patients or I don't know, clients, I suppose. And she had had some kind of injury and had to have surgery and she just wasn't healing the right way. And he was doing PT with her. And then he finally talked to her about what she was eating. And that's where her deficit was coming from. Totally. Yeah. It's, I've thought about that actually. And I think I've experienced that myself because if you don't eat a lot of processed foods or any processed foods, it's kind of hard sometimes actually to get even enough calories, mm-hmm. especially if you're doing like super active things. Yeah. But so why can I continue on that thread? Why is it so hard to be honest with yourself specific to health and fitness or maybe a better way to ask that question or maybe a better directive and takeaway for folks listening is how can you make it easier to be honest with yourself or what strategies can you use to more formally and strategically and I guess empirically address your health and fitness? I, for me, the only thing that works is to track stuff is to actually look at what I'm doing like I can have a day where maybe I get to the end of the day and I'm feeling kind of, you know, tired, kind of ready to chill out and watch TV. And I feel like I've been busy, but if I pull out my phone and look at my steps, maybe I have 4,000 steps on the day. And it's like, well, I don't know what I've been doing, but I haven't been on my feet. Right. You know, it's like the, the you know, I think that this is actually one of the things I, I brought up somewhere in the questions. I think that sometimes we take the, the like listening to our body part too far just because I think it's really easy to trick ourselves into thinking we're listening to our bodies when we're really just doing what we'd rather do. You know, it's like, it's like I, <laughs> since we're talking about honesty, I hate leg day. Do not like leg day <laughs> at all. It is Legs not feed the wolf. <laughs> and it's like if I don't plan it in, if if I went just by what I was feeling like doing every day, I would do upper body strength like every day. Right. And I like rocking, you know, that would be another way to kind of add lower body, but it's like, well, trying to find that line of doing what you have to do to stay balanced, even if it's not what you prefer, you know, versus doing what you want to do all the time. Right. I just, I was just listening to this podcast, Kim, and they were talking about essentially, I believe it was Confucianism. But it was essentially this process of being so detail-oriented for so long that you eventually get to a state where everything is effortless and you don't you no longer have to think about choices. They're just totally run subconsciously. I think what you bring up about listening to your body, I think that's kind of on that journey of like a training. It's a factor of training age or training volume. And I and I mean specific, specifically over time. So if you've been training since you were you know, 10, 11 years old, it's way easier for you to listen to your body and probably mm-hmm. make a good decision for yourself. Whereas if you're, you know, a few months, even a couple of years, you just don't have the reps, both figuratively and literally mm-hmm. to have that level of understanding, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think actually it segues, well, kind of to go, let's see. Oh yeah. So segueing 
into your first question, I think actually, I think you should, do you have that up? Um, the one that, the ones I sent you. Yeah. You should read that quote and then I'll. Okay. I'll I don't, this was from an article on wine. It was like on some news site that I just happened to click on the article. Um, so I don't have it handy, but I could probably find it. Um, it's, it was from an article about an ultra runner named Courtney Dewalter, who's been just killing it in a lot of her big races. And her quote, she says, the best way for me to train right now is no coach, no plan, and really just tuning into those signal signals, physical, mental, and emotional. Then every day I can assess myself and see where I'm at for the day. So she doesn't really have a plan. She just kind of sees what she needs to do for the day, which I found really interesting. But my guess is like what you brought up is she really has a plan, but doesn't like have a, you know, like she has a plan in a different way than someone who's going for their first run ever has a plan, you know, like it's just so much a part of what she does every single day that, you know, she, she's still going to go out and do it. She might not have a plan to run 32 miles, but she knows she's, you know, going to put in the time. And just a little more background. So Courtney is as far as I know, the best female, let not not just the best female, but one of the top ultra runners, like ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does these. I think she's the most famous for. She won the Moab two forty, which is a two hundred and forty mile ultra run around Moab, Utah. But she is wild. I love her attitude too. She's so like casual and just kind of mm-hmm. ah shucks, you know. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this because right now, like just me personally, I don't have my training written out in any sort of long form way. It's it's running in the background. Like I think about, okay, you know, I want to start upping my running volume because summer's coming and I just, I don't really have any events. I just, I want to be able to kind of any day get up and go run. And when I say trail run, it really means like hike and run, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere from 15 to 25 miles. Like if I can wake up and do that on pretty much any given day, then that's kind of what I'm thinking about. And then how that'll segue into hunting season, archery season. And th- I'm just thinking about that in the background. And it's very much like an intuitive approach. Um, just the way I, split up individual workouts, individual days, and even like longer blocks, you know, is it optimal? Maybe, maybe not, but it seems to be working pretty well. And and I guess I've always been able to remember, like I could probably tell you sets, reps, weights for several weeks prior, like how that's progressed and things like that. It's just, Unfortunately, that's what I can remember well versus like more, more uh, uh, useful things, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's worked at least for one thing. I like this. I was, I'm really curious to hear your answer to this one. When have you felt the healthiest and were you also the fittest when you felt the healthiest? It was my initial thought was was like, well, probably when I was a kid or a teenager, but that's only because, you know, like when you're a kid, for the most part, like you kind of have 
like this store built up. Like you're not going to see the impacts of bad decisions in your childhood most of the time. Um, but like, like I was, I was active. I never had any weight problems when I was a kid. I didn't have like chronic injuries, nothing like that. I was just a healthy kid, but I ate like crap. I mean, at home we ate well, like my mom, we, we ate, my mom cooked from scratch when I was a kid that we ate home cooked meals all the time. Like I remember the first time I had a TV dinner, like we just didn't eat that way, but we like we had a little corner store in our town and all of my allowance went to candy at the store. Oh, sure. So I ate a lot of candy that I just bought with my own money once I had, you know, allowance money or whatever to spend. But it's like, when I really thought about it, it's really been like the last like 10 to 15 years because I kind of have figured out holistically everything that I need to do to feel good. It's like, it's not, just one thing you know like when I was a kid it was being active and being in in some kind of sport or activity is what made me feel healthy but it's like for me now it's like I don't feel the same as I did 20 years ago you know I, I totally will have hurt my neck sneezing before so like that meme hits <laughs> me sometimes <laughs> so like I have those times but like I take way better care of like everything around you know in terms of my fitness paying how much attention to mobility and flexibility and what I'm eating and my stress levels and just all of that stuff as a big picture. Totally. Yeah. It makes total sense. I was, I was trying to think how I would answer that question. I don't have a great answer. Like, because when I think about the latter, were you also the fittest when I was the fittest, I definitely was not the healthiest for sure. But then now you know, two kids, two young kids, like the sleep thing yeah. isn't consistent. I'll have to marinate on that one a little bit more. So we talk about habits a lot. You've talked about your habit tracking system. What I talked about in my most recent article, the where did the time go? I looked at my phone, which I hadn't I get, does your phone automatically give you the screen time reports? It, it does. I, I want to say I have the notification for it shut off, but the screen time tracker is on, on my phone. Okay. So I can just like go and look at it. I get this like Sunday, I believe it's every Sunday. I'll get just like a little notification. Hey, your screen time was up 5% or down, whatever. But I never looked at the actual time, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just randomly did the other day. I think it was, I was writing that article. And I was like, huh, I wonder what mine is. And when I looked at the social media, I was like, oh no. Granted, sometimes I'm posting things, but to be mm -hmm. honest, I haven't spent much time doing that recently. And it's just like all those little doses throughout the day add up so fast. Mm -hmm. And I just... <laughs> I was kind of thinking, I'm like, gosh, like, you know, I'm fortunate where I have a pretty flexible schedule that, that 41 minutes a day lost, stolen, however you want to describe it. It isn't catastrophic, but man, if you applied it in another way, how much better, maybe, maybe better is not the right word, but 
what I felt was, and what I think, what I talked about in the article is like seeing that did not align well with my values or what I perceive my values to be even. So it just, uh, man, that was a hard one to write. Yeah, it was after you, it was kind of funny because these two things happened at almost the same time. After I saw your rough draft of the article and then I was on, I think it was actually in the science subreddit. Somebody had brought up some kind of stress relieving something or other. So I'm on social media reading about it. And like people are hardcore attached to like that, you know, like we were talking about before, like that habit energy. Mm. Like if you suggest to people, you know, have you ever looked at your screen time? Have you tracked how much time you spend doing this or that? They're just like, do not want to admit to themselves where their time goes, you know, and they're, you know, they're like, well, I spend a lot of time on my phone, but it's like three minutes at a time. And and that's true. Like, it's like, if I'm standing in line waiting for an appointment and I open my phone, like, what else would I be doing in that three minutes while I'm waiting? Like yesterday I had an eye appointment and I had to wait because he dilated my eyes. It's like, well, oh, I'm not going to do all of sitting there for five minutes. Um, But I also think that there's a, a good point. I don't remember who made it. I'd have to look it up. But there was a quote somewhere I saw, probably from several sources, where they talked about the the loss of boredom, like mm. that, like when I was a kid, I didn't have a cell phone. What did I do when I was waiting for appointments? I like was looking out the window, daydreaming about stuff, reading magazines at the office. Like we don't even have books and magazines at our clinics anymore because they took them away from COVID and they never come came back. <laughs> so like every, if you ever go to the clinic, there's like 20 people there, everyone's on their phones. And it's like, you lose that ability to kind of, you know, like daydream and think about just random stuff. You know, I did a lot of that when I was a kid, you know, you get sent to your room when I was a kid, like there was nothing to do in my room. <laughs> so I spent lots of time thinking. And I think that we've lost some of that. It's like, maybe you can't use that three minutes to do a workout, but you'd get more benefit from the three minutes from practicing a breathing exercise for three minutes or just sitting there and seeing what happens where your mind goes when you're not focused on your phone. Yeah. yeah it's funny. I saw someone post in the league of wildness kind of like a, listen, buddy, the tech tech and social media is not going anywhere, you know, kind of just, yeah, yeah which, which is probably, which is probably, I can't remember who posted that. It, it wasn't a mean post. It was just kind of mm. a counterpoint. Which I appreciate, mm -hmm. but man, I just, I still, when I, when I just see that time, it's like, gosh, that really adds up that, I mean, so 41 minutes, 24 hours in a day. I mean, that's over the course of a year, that's day, that's probably weeks. I don't know how many we could do the math mm -hmm. quickly, but that's a lot of time, man. Yeah. When I was, one thing I found surprising is when I, when I looked up because it's a science forum on Reddit, everybody wants sources. So they're like, well, what's your source for that? So right. I went to look to see what it was. And the average time spent by American adults on, I don't remember if it was just cell phone or social media, it was two and a half hours a day. Wow. On top of, I was really actually surprised by this one, another two and a half hours of TV still. So five hours a day. On average, people spend either watching TV or on their phones. Wow. Which, you know, and like TV, like TV, you're not getting, a, you're not multitasking TV, like you're sitting and you're watching, you know, it's not like three minutes here or there, you're watching for two hours straight. 
Yeah. No, that, I... that, you know, that's, that's an incredible amount of time spent, you know, especially when so many people are working, you know, office jobs and stuff. Oh, totally. You know what I, you're making me think of for the TV? I was thinking about like, is the TV kind of this weird, distorted, modern version of the campfire? Like the campfire story in a way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. It probably it's, fulfills, you know, at least in some way, like the same kind of need, but without like the connection. You know, it's like there, there's a show that we're watching right now that has a lot of suspense to it. And I really enjoy it. But it's like some of those suspenseful moments, like you feel it, like you, your body's like all amped up to see what's going to happen next. And it's like, it's the same you know, maybe not as high level, but it's that same fight or flight response, you know, that's kicking in because you're watching this suspenseful event. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's like the story told around the campfire would have been concluded and then you you carry on with what's yeah. next. You know, it's like it's obvious people are drawn to stories and stories are a very mm-hmm. integral part of both human nature and culture. But like when when the story turns into a you know hundred episode yeah Netflix series it can um yeah. can cross the line I suspect yeah I was gonna say I would bet the duration plays a part like like thinking back to like campfire stories my dad told or that we had at camp it was pretty rare that they went over like fifteen minutes or so compared to like even if you go to a movie now like unless it's an animated kids movie, they're all two and a half hours. Some of them, you know, going over the three hour mark. Right. You know, it's like you sit down to like when we, this show that we're watching through right now, it, they're 40 minute episodes. Cause it was a TV show and we'll watch like three a night. Right. You know? And it's like, there's what an hour and 40 minutes or so. Yeah, it's um I feel like I keep bringing up these same things, but I'm just I'm very I, that book I read, that 4000 weeks book, it just it just really made me think about how I personally am using time and you know, I try and again, the whole kind of impetus and reason for Wild Gym is to expand the imagination of the possible, but I think it's it's focus more on health and fitness and how you spend your time is definitely going to affect your health and fitness so that just Mm -hmm. that's been just on the forefront of my mind for like two months now yeah yeah and i'm looking at so the third question you asked is when you're out in places like airports waiting at appointments do you notice things about people and their health patterns have you noticed that anything has changed in the last five to ten years i for sure. I notice everyone on their phone and what, what my wife and I will notice is especially when we go into more, it's like the more urban, the more likely this is, we are to see this, but we'll be at a restaurant and there's people having dinner together on their phone, mm-hmm. which just blows my mind. I leave mine. I leave, I'm, I'm saying this like it's some uh, noble act. I just leave mine in the car. I just, in the car, we have a babysitter. We'll bring one phone, either my phone or my wife's phone, but it's, we don't, it's, yeah, it's as if it's not there. I just, 
it's it's a small thing, I guess, but man, it's like I guess it just seems so maybe it in the moment, two people at a table both on the phone. In that moment, there's nothing maybe obviously observably negative happening, but what is the what are the greater consequences you're not maybe able to see immediately, you know? Mm-hmm. The airport thing though, it's like you gotta ruck the airport. Like there's just no other option. Yeah, yeah. I'm flying next week, going to visit my son in DC. And I was like, I can actually, I'll be there early enough that I can actually walk the the whole airport instead of taking the train. The little, you know, airport train. So that'll be good. I always get frustrated when they force you to take the elevator. There's not even the option for stairs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, ours, we still have, in most places, have stair options. They do have, like, the moving sidewalks, but you don't have to take them. Like, you can walk the normal the normal stretch if you want to. The sidewalks are kind of fun, mostly because... We just don't, we don't see them here. I remember being a kid and just being enthralled with escalators. It's kind of like the same thing with the moving sidewalk. Oh, totally. Because <laughs> we just, you know, we, we don't have them here. I'll never forget being at a department store. As a, I was pretty young. Like, this is definitely probably one of my earlier memories. But I remember a girl got her shoe stuck in the elevator. Or not elevator, the escalator. And ever since, I, it freaked me out. You know, it was like yeah. a four-year-old kid seeing that. It really got in there too. I'll, every time I go on an escalator now, I look and I think like how, I, it, literally the thought comes to my mind, how did she get her shoe sucked in there? <laughs> maybe she's the one, maybe she's the reason why you can't get in there anymore. I don't know. Yeah. We start to wrap it up, but I think, I like this last question you wrote, and I'd be curious to hear your response as well. What food do you think is the most underrated in terms of how much you get for the money? I couldn't, I didn't want to answer this in the sense of like, this food is it, but mm-hmm. I guess one strategy I've been using, and I, I believe I've mentioned this, and this isn't original for me. I heard it from a guy named Alex Ramosi, but I've been buying 0% fat Greek yogurt. Oh, sure. And the reason why I get the 0% is just because it's a more dense protein source. Mm -hmm. So it's less calories, more protein. And it's just, I eat it like every day. I love it. It's pretty affordable, especially if you buy it in bulk. And it's easy to make it taste good without adding a bunch of crap. You know, you cut up a banana, throw it in there, some blueberries, maybe a little granola, maybe a little bit of honey. And it's, it's so good. It is actually got got stuff to make yogurt today. You did? Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things. Anything that's like refrigerated is super expensive here because we're off in the middle of nowhere. So when they have to truck it here on a, on a cold truck, it costs more. Like it's like $2.79 for a cup of yogurt here. So I make it and I can make like three quarts of it for about $6. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) So I just, I make my own and it's like, I just, I'll add like some cinnamon to it. And, you know, just like you said, a little bit of fruit, a little bit of spices of some sort. And yeah, I can, I, I I love Greek yogurt too. And you, when you make it yourself, can you remove fat from it? 
if you want to. So I make, um, you can pretty much use any kind of milk that you want. Um, I don't like if you use, I know people make it with like coconut milk and like almond milk. I don't know if it's a different process for doing that. I just use regular milk, but you can use skim milk or whatever you want. Um, but what it is, the, the key to it is, so I make it in the instant pot, which is why I can make so much of it. It's in a big container. But when it's done, then you strain it. You put it like over a strainer that's on top of a big bowl with like a cheesecloth. And that's how it strains most of the way, the, the liquid way out. So you're it, it's kind of, it's the same thing. It's basically making Greek yogurt, which is strained. That's why it's so protein dense okay. compared to like another yogurt because they strain the excess liquid out, which brings some of the carbs out not a lot but there's some sugar that comes out of it and then you're so it just condenses the protein into a smaller okay so yeah it's good stuff that's good that's good to know yeah i've been saying i'm gonna do this for probably over a year now because you've told me about your yogurt making but i think that's a good thing to wrap up on all right wildness go make yogurt each protein (laughs) you guys out there much love league of wildness thank you for tuning in to the live wild or die podcast if you're enjoying these episodes we'd be eternally grateful if you could leave us a five-star review and also feel free to share the good word of the wild with your friends with your family and help us grow the league of wildness and lastly as i mentioned in the beginning it's it's having these questions these prompts that really i think brings out the best conversation so if you have questions for kim or myself please send them our way you can dm us on instagram or at wild gym co you can also send us an email try us at info at wild thanks a lot league we'll see you guys out there